Amen. God bless you guys. Um, I know there are a lot of us this morning who are glad that today is the last day of our fast. It has been awesome. Um, uh, it's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed the fasting and the prayer times together. They were all just powerful, just powerful. And um, uh, this morning, I'm bringing a word that God um, put on my heart to share with all of you. So let's pray first. Lord, I just thank you and I give you praise, O oh Lord God, for everything that you're doing in our midst, O oh Lord. Um, everything that we've already prayed for, Lord God, we know that we have the answers to our prayers, O oh Lord God. You're doing a great thing among us, O oh Lord God. Throughout this year, O oh Lord, we will see you, O oh Lord God, and we will see you made known through us, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord God. Use me this morning, Lord God, as your vessel to rightly divide your word, O oh Lord God. God, to bring your word and may people, Lord God, as they listen, O oh Lord, be ministered to. May their lives be touched, O oh Lord God. May they be transformed. May they be refreshed, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May healing, Lord God, and redemption, Lord God, take place in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, um, as I said, uh, and as we keep reminding everybody, this year is our year of making Christ known. It'll be our theme for the year of 2022. And um, I'm believing God, um, you know, at, before, as we were going through this fast, I was believing God for something great to happen. And I'm going to continue as Pastor uh rightly told us and as he led us in prayer this morning um, that we are going to see some things happen because of our prayers. Um, we're going to see testimonies both in the immediate and throughout the year. We have to have the confidence in that. So with that said, there is a scripture that had come to my um, that had come to me and as believers, I want us to realize that we carry God on the inside of us. His message is on the inside of us. All of us have a story of what God has done for us um, because we believed him. My belief is that this year, God will use that story and all we have been through up until this point in order to make him known. So what I'm saying to you is that no experience is a wasted experience this year. Everything that we have gone through this morning, we sang about um, our battles, that God is fighting our battles. And that's something that we are going to touch on this morning. I want us all to know that God will lead us in triumph. Amen. God will lead us into triumph. And all and everything, everything that we've been through, we are going to see ourselves over come. But however, there is one way that we will see victory and that is through Christ. We will see our victory through Christ. Sometimes what happens is we have all our problems and we get overwhelmed and we kind of start putting God aside and we put him on a shelf and we want to do things our way and we start uh, having uh, using human wisdom in order 
to solve our problems. This year, I want us to all make a commitment that everything that we have been through, all the problems, tribulations, our persecutions, our trials, um, temptations that we have had all have a purpose and that this year it will, co- it will all come to a fruition to glorify God. The truth is that no matter what happens, if we keep this kind of mentality, we will triumph. We will triumph. This brings me to the scripture for this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And our focus is on verses 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 to 15. I'm going to try to share it here. So I want us to see it. I want everybody to read along this morning. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing. Amen. There are going to be four things that I'm going to highlight from this scripture that will bring us to the place of our victory. Amen. And not only will it bring us to our victory, but it will make him known. So the first one, our struggle or our tribulation. In order for there, and nobody likes to hear this, but this is, this is what it is. In order for there to be a triumph over something, there must be something to conquer. There must be something to conquer. In order for us to have a story, there must be a struggle. Today's struggle will be our tomorrow's victory in Christ. So we don't have to necessarily worry about how this will end because we know the ending. We sang about it this morning. Lily just, that was just a perfect song for this morning. We know that we won the battle already. So we don't have to worry about or have fear about how is this going to work out. How it's going to work out is Christ is going to be, um, is going to win. Um, but we have to do it with Christ. This means that we are not fighting our own battles. We are not fighting our own battles. Okay, we have to realize this. Any battle that you have dealt with, you, we are not fighting it. It's not ours per se. Okay, and I'm going to get into this. In the scripture that we're, we read, is still up there. The Apostle Paul in the scripture had been through a lot up to this point, specifically with the church of Corinth. Okay, this is uh, Corinthians, so it's a letter to the church in Corinth, which is a city. Okay, he had written it to them to address him, not being able to come to them when he promised. He made a promise to the church. He said he was going to be there X, Y, and Z day, and he wasn't able to make it. And so now he's addressing them because the church in Corinth seems to be 
complaining or criticizing him, thinking that he's this wishy-washy kind of preacher, um, that he doesn't keep to his promises, he's not keeping to his word, and they're basically criticizing him. So he's writing to them and addressing the issue, okay? He explains that the last time, so he's explaining. So before this, if you read the chapter, in chapter one, chapter two, and the rest of the letter, you'll see that um, he was explaining to them that um, the last time that he was there, he was very sorrowful. Why was he sorrowful? Because in his last visit, it wasn't too good. He spent most of the time rebuking them on some issues. And one of the issues was that they were not forgiving a man who had sinned. They were not forgiving him. They were not allowing him to come back. He was being repentant, but the church was still being unforgiving. He was very disappointed at their behavior because the man was really sorry and was repentant. So Paul did not want to come again to them and have another bad visit with them. So he was giving the church some space. Okay, so he's explaining this. Him trying to give you some space. Then as he continues to explain it in the chapter 2, he was looking for Titus, his brother, and unable to find him. The apostle was having problems. Okay? The apostle was having problems. A whole apostle was having problems. In the midst of that, and he's explaining, then then that is when he says, he pauses in his letter and he says, Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Let's not make our battles about us. Whatever the struggle, the pain, the tribulation we are going through today, if we are in Christ, it is to glorify God. Some of us have even said, but the battle is about me because they're attacking me. It's about me because it's personal. When we truly give our life to God, it's not only about you. So how do we deal with our struggles, our pain, both past and present? I'm still under the same point. Okay, I'm still under our struggle and our our pain here. But there's two things. One, be in Christ. What does that mean to be in Christ? It means stand on the rock of God. Don't move from his presence. Don't move from his ways. Remain in his ways. When we are dealing with everyday struggles, big struggles, they're all an opportunity to lift up Christ. He says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. This means we have to go to him for the answer. We should obey when we get the answer and we have to realize that his ways are not our ways. Okay, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We have to keep this in perspective. That is why we have to be in Christ. We can't lean on our own understanding because our understanding is limited. 
the second thing in the same under under dealing with uh, our battles and struggles. The second thing is that we have to walk in the spirit. What is walking in the spirit? This means we don't do what our flesh wants to do, but we walk in the love of God. We walk in agape love. If we want to triumph in Christ, we can't do what our body or our mind wants to do. But we look at Christ and say, what would you like me to do? The apostle Paul did not have to explain himself, but he chose to do so. Because he was walking in love. When we live our lives like this, there is a guarantee that comes with it. Okay, when, you know, all of us have gone to the store. We all buy things from the store. We buy frying pans, uh, flat, flat screen TVs. We buy microwaves. And most of these products come with a guarantee. They have a 100% money back guarantee and it has a limited time frame. You have 30 days to get your money back on your investment when you buy the product, right? Um, if something happens to that product, some of us have gone back to the store, the TV doesn't work, you turned it on, it's not working, you bought the frying pan home, it got damaged the first day you use it, you are going to go back to that store and you're going to cash back on your guarantee because... There's the 30-day 30, 30 money-back guarantee, right? When we live our life in Christ, God, there, there is a 200, 1,000% guarantee that we will win. And God doesn't give you a limit if you want to take your investment back either. Why doesn't he give you a limit? Because I guarantee you that you will not ever ask for it back. If we live this life in God right, with the right belief in who he is, there is triumph. There is victory. Remember that it's not about us. It's about him. When the apostle Paul was going through his reasons and everything that had happened, he was basically saying, listen, at the end of the day, we have the victory in him and I'm going to continue to preach the word of God right without compromise without watering it down. I'm still going to do it. So let's go back to our scripture. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, who always leads us. My point number two, leads us. In order to be led, we have to follow in order to be led to triumph, we have to follow. This requires submission to Christ and his ways. Remember, God's ways are not our ways. The reasons we sometimes struggle more than we should is perhaps because we are not submitting to God. We're doing things on our own. We're doing things in our own wisdom. We're doing things in our own mind. We're doing things because that's what we feel like doing. And then we find ourselves in a bigger pickle than we were to begin with because we're not submitting to God. When we submit to God, when we're not, sub- I should say this first, when we are not submitting to God, we're lacking the wisdom. We're lacking the right relationships with people. We're lacking the right doors open to us because we're not submitting to him. We're not wanting to do things his way. We're wanting to do things our way. 
and we're going to run into a big problem. James 4, 7 says this, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's threefold. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. What we sometimes do is that we see the devil and then we run with something to attack it head on. We're not going to find triumph in that. We have to use godly wisdom. This life requires divine wisdom and divine intervention. So we need to submit to God when we find ourselves in dicey situations or in temptations. It is this way that we will find victory and it will exude the fragrance of Christ and make him known. Paul was telling the Corinthians that I follow Christ. I will commit myself to his ways in order to diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. That's what it says there. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Whether that was in prison, whether that was him preaching, whether that was in an upper room teaching, whether that was him at work tent making, whatever that was, his efforts were diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge. Which means that Paul was telling the Corinthians that I follow Christ, I commit myself to his ways, And so I want you to also follow me. This is why he was so bold in telling them that they could follow him because he followed Christ. It's a very bold statement. So he was able to do that because he knew God. He knew God. That's going to bring me to my third point this morning. I have four points. Remember, this is my third point. This brings me to my third point. Know him. Know him. The knowledge of Christ, we need to know who Christ is. Christians, we sometimes follow God blindly. Some of us may even be saying, what's wrong with following God blindly? I mean, isn't that faith? I should just follow God. No. God does not want blind, ignorant followers. He wants us to use our heads. God has given us a brain. He has given us a head to think for a reason. What matters is how we use our mind. How do we use our brain? What are we using it for? Are we studying his scriptures to find out who he is? Are we spending time with him to know more of who he is? Do we know the principles of what we follow? Do you know why you follow what you follow? Or are you just following because X, Y, and Z does? Find out why that person is following God the way they follow God. Why are they so passionate about what they do? Find out. Ask questions. When we have the right principles, when we have the right theology, then we believe right. 
I truly believe that. If our foundations are solid, then we can build good on that. But if our foundations have cracks in it, our building is going to be like, eh, and it's going to fall. And this is sometimes where some people have fallen away. They fall away because they had wrong theology. They knew of him, but they didn't know him. And as Christians, sometimes we can fall into, you know, um, we can flow in his anointing. We can uh, know his power, but we don't know him. We know his gifts. We know his hands. We know what he can give, but we don't know him. And that's very dangerous when we know his power, we know his anointing, but we don't know the source. We need to know who he is. Know the source, not just the gifts, not just the presence that he can give us, not just the blessings that he has to offer. He has blessings to offer, but just don't know the blessing. Know him. Know who Christ is. Let's study who he is. What was he about? What was his concern? What was what what pleases him? What does he love? When we know what he loves, then we know him, then we can follow him. Does it make sense? Um, when when um, it, and I, I think of marriage. This is more like to wives. When we saw our husbands, we saw something about them that we wanted to follow. That's why we chose them. We saw something in them and we said, I want to be with them because he's going to take me somewhere. He's going to take me to a better place. Otherwise, ladies, we all know we're not going to even bother ourselves, right? Same thing with God. We should see God the same way. Know who he is first. Know who he is. And then you will, get to, uh, you will get to know his blessings. You will understand. You will appreciate the blessings more. His anointing, um, worshiping him will be different. Everything that you do will just be different. So we have to know who he is. Um, we have to, you know, um, we have to go into it. That's why we go, um, this church we, we teach a lot. This is why we go through the teaching. You go through the teachings because we want every single person who joins for the first time, the last time. It doesn't matter. You're passing by. Anybody who interacts with this ministry, we want them to know God for themselves. Not just because we said it, but because we show you, you see it, you experience it, and now you want it to. That's what, that's what this church is about. This is what I believe. Um, you know, we're not the type of uh, church that's just going to tell you to do X, Y, and Z. And uh, uh, okay, let me bring this example because I, I was I was kind of astonished at it. We are not these types of leaders, okay? That will tell you you need to test God so we know that you know God. No, um, this is why there was a church in India. I remember that was telling their members, uh, let the snakes uh, bite you. They're venomous snakes. Let me see. Let's see. And to see that you have faith. What? What's that? What's that? Is this knowing God? Is this knowing Christ? This is not knowing Christ. 
they were they and, and they were dying the, the some of the church members were dying because they were holding on to this scripture and let me show you how sometimes we can be unbalanced they were holding on to this scripture uh, it's luke ten nineteen. it says behold i give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you there was it's a good scripture right we, we believe in this scripture and we do, we believe in it, but, but we have another scripture that says, do not tempt the Lord your God. It's both in Deuteronomy and then Jesus quoted the uh, scripture in Deuteronomy. And uh, this is, this is during Jesus's own temptation when Jesus was tempted, Matthew 4, 6 to 7, um, and it says, and said to him, that's Satan. Satan is telling Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord, your God. You see, scripture has a balance. God is balanced, but you won't know that if you don't know who God is. If you're not actually studying the scripture, but you're just nitpicking, cherry picking to what's convenient for us. We have to see the scripture as a whole and it requires to be a student of God and a student of the scripture. It's it we, we is something that we have to do. It's something we should focus on, um, because our God is a God of order and a God of balance. Because I think I truly believe if those Christians in India really knew God, they would say, "I'm not doing that." There's no way. There's no way. They were gonna fall into that if they understood scriptures and if they knew who God was, because God is not like that. If Jesus didn't fall into temptation to throw himself over, why should we? Right? Why should we? So know him. Know who he is. And the point here is to know him. Study, memorize, meditate. Use the scriptures for yourself, on yourself. Spend time with God. And when we spend time with God, his fragrance is going to be all over us. And we're going to make him known to others. We're going to make him known to others. That brings me to my fourth point. Diffuse. Through us, Christ diffuses his fragrance. What is fragrance? It is the essence of who he is. It says to everyone else around you who's smelling that God is here. God is here. All of us know if we're passing by and we smell somebody and they don't smell good, we know that they something is off. Okay? When we pass by as Christians, and I'm ta- I'm not talking about physical smell now, okay? When we pass by as Christians, we should leave the aroma of God. We should leave the aroma of who he is because we know him. So we're going to diffuse. When babies are born, they say to help them sleep, 
to put a shirt that the mother has worn underneath them or near them so it will calm the baby down because it has the fragrance of their mother. So when we are in a place, do we bring the remembrance of who God is and who Christ is? Do we leave that impression? This says, oh, a true follower of Christ. You leave the aroma of Christ. You're diffusing the aroma of Christ. The fragrance of Christ should exude everywhere, letting everybody know that God lives with us. So you make Christ known. Through us, we diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge to every place. Some theologians have said that the picture that Paul is depicting in the, in the scriptures that we are reading this morning uh, is the picture of, it's a Roman thing where the general has come back from winning a battle and he's coming home in a parade. And in those days, when a battle war was won, there was like a big procession. Okay, like think of like floats and think of chariots and think of all that and the general and uh, banners and, and garlands and music and fragrance. There's incense that they burn, not to our God, not to the God we're talking about, but to their gods. Okay, there was a fragrance that goes with it. They're, they would burn incense. And he's using the same picture um, for Christ. And in that picture, um, everybody's following. All the soldiers, the generals, the chiefs um, are all marching with the incense burning. And they're leading the prisoners away to be executed. The incense, the, 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 um, incense or the fragrance giving off was like the smell of sweet victory to them. When we are present, do we exude the knowledge of Christ and the fragrance of victory in Christ? Let's use this year every opportunity to exude the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. It is the fragrance of him and the knowledge of him and the victory that he has given us that makes him known. This is what Paul was doing. And I'm going to throw this um, for good measure because I have a few minutes left. I'm going to throw this last thing in there. Um, it's in, it's in uh, verse 17 of that same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And he says, For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ, and I'm focusing on the words, peddling the word of God. I just want to mention this um, because it's important to have some time. The word and the knowledge of Christ we spread should not be watered down. The gospel of God, the truth of God, we the truth is can also be offensive, but we are to tell the truth of God in love but not water it down to gain ourselves profit for ourselves, to gain popularity, fame, or favor for ourselves. But it is to speak 
in the sight of God in Christ who he is. Amen. This year, let's diffuse the fragrance of God. Let's diffuse his fragrance because the truth is that we have victory in him. He will lead us into triumph. And everywhere we go, let us not bring sorrow, but let us bring victory. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, I just thank you and I give you praise for your holy word, Lord God. May we diffuse your fragrance wherever we go. May we use all our past pains, our trials, our tribulations, all the battles that we have gone through. Let it not be of sorrow, Lord God, but be a victory in you. May we see victory, O Lord God, in you. May we see you in everything, O Lord God, and lift you up. For you have good things for us, knowing that we have triumphed already. May your sweet-smelling aroma be all around us this year as we bring the unsaved to the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Over to you, Pastor Steve.